is an introductory sermon to the book of James. And so uh, why do you think it's important for us to kind of cover some introduction type information before we get into this letter of the Bible? Yeah. Yeah, we've got to know kind of who wrote it, why that why it was written. We got to know about the time that it was written because there may be something in the letter that we come across that like words or phrases that we don't use anymore and it would be good to, for us to know what some of those words and phrases are, right? Um, it'd be good to know where in the world uh, this letter would be circulated and so uh, that that's really cool. Um, so we're going to learn a little bit about that this morning. Um, I'm glad that James is here because James, this book was named after you. Um, if only. It's great. Um, James is my favorite book of all time. It's short, uh, so that's a good good thing. It's not we're not going to be in it forever. Uh, but one of the big reasons why James is such a, a great book is because it's very practical, and I'm a very practical person. Um, I wear shorts all the time because they're practical. Okay, um, I everything I do has to make sense, uh, or I don't do it. There was a time in my life where being a Christian didn't make any sense, so I didn't do it. Uh, but whenever Christianity made sense to me, I did it. And that's the same way James works. Okay, uh, James was written by a guy named James. Uh, makes sense, right? And James was the brother of Jesus. And so, um, if you can imagine... Uh, your brother or sister writing a letter about you. <laughs> what do you think that they would write? I know what your sister would write about you. He cheats at cards. That's what she would say. <laughs> right? Yeah, she's shaking her head. See, I see that. <laughs> no. Um, it's kind of scary to know that... It's kind of scary to know that here we have James, who is the brother of Jesus, and he's writing a letter talking about Jesus' ministry. It's it's strange in that you're kind of kind of scared. Well, what is he going to share? But it's also very insightful because who knows Jesus better than probably somebody from his family? Saw him grow up. That probably heard some of his early teaching and early messages. That's pretty cool, isn't it? To be able to have that insight. Maybe that's why James is so practical. Uh, because um, here you have somebody who really not only spent time with Jesus uh, as he was older, but he spent time with Jesus when they were growing up. So he saw that practical side of life. Uh, you know, your family knows you warts and all, right? That's what my grandpa used to say. Yep, I know you. I know you warts and all. That means I know everything about you. All the stuff that you wouldn't want anybody else to know. Um, so James, he was not a Christian when Jesus was in ministry. And so that gives him also a different perspective. Uh, because he didn't start following Jesus until much, uh, a little bit later after Jesus had gone to the cross had died and been resurrected. And so James, after that, becomes a big leader 
So where did Jesus die? What part of the world did Jesus die? Where did the crucifixion happen? Does anybody know? Get 20 points for these questions. Israel, what specific city? Yeah? What's that? Uh, you know you don't get 20 points for James. Okay, so he was uh, crucified and dead, buried, and resurrected in Jerusalem, right? On a hill outside of Jerusalem. And so you would think that that would be a center of people who followed Jesus, wouldn't you? And it did. It became a, a huge center for thousands and thousands of people who came to follow Jesus. And so James was one of those people, his brother. And it, he not only was one of those people, but he rose uh, in the local church at Jerusalem. He rose to be one of the leaders in that church. Um, and in historical books, it says he's actually one of the head leaders. Like So he's, he's one of the main guys in the, the church at Jerusalem. And so after uh, he had rose kind of to that uh, point in the church, he began to write letters to encourage other Christians. And James, this letter, happens to be one of those letters that we have. And, and was included in the Bible because of its importance and certainly inspiration. Um, we kind of feel like they ha there's, a, there's a, a date that there's given to this letter. Most people say around 49 or 50 AD is when this letter was written. Why is that important to us? To know that it was written around 49 or 50 AD. Okay, so we believe that Jesus died somewhere around between 30 and 33 A.D., okay? And so how long after Jesus' death, burial, and re resurrection is this letter written then? Between, yeah, 15 to 20 years, right? That is amazing that we have uh, such great record so close to the event that we have somebody who's writing about Christianity how you should live a life of Christianity you know what's involved in living that life so close to after Jesus was was on the cross so 15 let's say 15 years ago what was happening in Australia and in our world 15 years ago you remember you don't think about it that was 2000 Two, maybe 2003, Katie was two or three years old. You remember anything from back then? No? John Howard was Prime Minister of Australia. That's right. Anything else you can remember about that time? Yeah, Cody, you were born. That was a banner thing for your family. A birthday present for, for dad. Yeah, good job. What else was happening back then? Any major events that you can think about? What's that? Yeah, there was Winter Olympics back then. About then? It was where, do you remember? Wasn't it? No. Japan. Was it? Nagano. And I think there was, uh, wasn't there... Uh, an Australian who won a medal at the Winter Olympics? I think so, back then? No? 
know. Hope so. Uh, Finding Nemo came out. Back then, how many remember Finding Nemo? Yeah, you you don't remember the Prime Minister, but you remember Finding Nemo. <laughs> the dentist is his address. Yeah. That's right. The dentist in Finding Nemo was from Australia. That's right. They went to the EAC, the Eastern Australian Current, right? Got all that, Finding Nemo? You know more about Finding Nemo than you know about what else is happening in the world. Crazy. So 15 or 20 years is not a long time, but you still, you still remember some things that happened 15 or 20 years ago. Um, would you remember if a man had come to earth and preached for three years, died on a cross, was buried, and was resurrected three days? Do you think you'd remember that if it happened 15 or 20 years ago? Yeah, I think so. You, you know about Finding Nemo. You would certainly know and remember about a guy who came, was dead, buried, and resurrected. And he was performing miracles in our region and, and in the world. You would hopefully know about that. Um, well, let me tell you, the people in Jerusalem knew about it. They not only knew about it, but they, it changed their life. It changed their community. And 15 or 20 years was not a long time past when all that happened. Um, the movement of Christianity was just beginning to swell. Uh, and because of that, the Romans started persecuting the Christians even more. Um, because the, the Christians were becoming more populated, the Romans had a fear of what? Yep, they had a fear that politic, polit, uh, the political system would shift and these people would, would have a groundswell of, of uh, support and that things would change and their, their empire would come crumbling down. And so they started killing Christians en masse. Uh, they started uh, persecuting them. Whenever they saw them, they would kill them. And so this made Christianity spread. A lot of people left Jerusalem. A lot of Christian people left Jerusalem and went out and started living all over uh, in Eastern Europe and Turkey and, and all those areas. They went all different parts of the world. Um, they started spreading. And so, because there was this huge persecution, James writes this letter, and he basically writes this letter to get people to see what living a Christian life is really all about. Because he, he'd lost contact with all these people, the church in Jerusalem had lost contact with all these people that had moved out. So he writes this letter as basically a... Um, a way to help them to see how to live their Christian life in a practical way in the world that they were living in right then. And so there's going to be some topics that, that we cover over the next coming weeks that really have to do with practical living out your Christian life. That's why we call, call it life in action, James. It's, it's all about action. It's all about doing. It's all about, I believe this but who cares? I believe this. What's it going to make me do? What is it motivating me to do? If I believe uh, that God is who he says he is, if I believe that Jesus was resurrected like he said he was going to be, what difference does it make in my life? 
Because belief is not enough, James says. It's got to lead to some sort of change in your actions, in your behavior, in the way that you think, in the way that you talk, in the way that you walk. And that's why I love this book, because it puts real meat on people's belief. And it helps us to see, okay, well, I know I believe this, but what? who cares? What's it making me do? What kind of change is it making in my life? Okay, yeah, I come to church every week, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about life in action. When we, when we head out the door on Monday morning, what difference does your belief make? What difference does your faith in God make? That's what we're going to be talking about in the coming weeks. And he, he covers some really good stuff, hard stuff, things that we're going to have to think through, things that we're going to have to, to look at, and things we're going to have to maybe change in our life, which I, I hope that you'll be open to that. So the, the book was written to who? Everyone. All Christians everywhere. It wasn't just written to the people in Jerusalem, but it was written to all those Christians who were scattering all over the place because they were being persecuted and um, they were being uh, hunted down and killed. And so he was writing this to them. Um, practical, practical advice for Christians everywhere, but especially for those people who were feeling the pressure from what was happening in their world at that point, which was severe persecution. There was a lot of them going through a lot of difficult, difficult things. So that, that's the, uh, the theme of the book. The overall arching theme is that James wanted people to know how to live even if it's hard, even if it's tough. And so he wanted to know, wanted them to know how God looked at that. Uh, Jesus commanded us to love one another. We're to love our neighbors. We're to serve them. Uh, we're to imitate Jesus. He talks about the tongue and how it can be a destroyer, how it can really uh, make us um, go a, a different direction depending on what we say or what we think. He talks about putting legs on our belief and making sure that we're uh, acting out. Did you get him finally? You got the cockroach. It's dead. Or did you want to catch it with a pizza box, Tim? <laughs> nice. Good job. Put for a farzam. You can have that later. <laughs> So um, let's look at some key verses of James. These are, these are verses maybe you should write down or put notes together with. These would be verses that you should probably keep in your mind a little bit because they have to do with the major themes of the letter. Uh, James 1.22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. So basically what James is saying is there's a lot of people out there who are just listening to the Word of God. Maybe they are going to Bible studies. Maybe they're doing uh, listening to people talk about God. But that's all. They're just listening. They're not doing anything. And he says in James 1.22, don't do that. Don't just merely listen, but do something about it. Uh, I have an old leather Bible cover that a good friend of mine who's passed away now made for me in Alaska. And I said, uh, 
his name's Murphy. I said, Murphy, he says, do you want anything on the outside of your Bible? I said, pick, pick your favorite Bible verse and put it on there. Guess what's on there? James 1.22. Um, I always remember that because he was a really big doer. He not only knew a lot about the, the word, but he was out there doing it. He was actually putting it into practice in his life and his family and at his workplace. Um, he was a doer. James 2.26, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. So James 2.26 is talking about this overreaching theme that you can believe all you want, but it doesn't make anything different until you what? It motivates you to start doing things. Okay, that's, that's one of the major themes of the letter. Uh, James 4, 7, and 8 says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Big thing here. There's a big theme here that we often think that the devil is just going to leave us alone. But he doesn't. We have a part to play in that. He says, if we submit ourselves to God, resist the devil, then the devil will leave you alone. A lot of us think we can't control that. And even in Christian circles, we'll talk about this more when we get into this section. But a lot of people in Christian circles think, I have no power. The devil can take me anytime he wants. He can tempt me. He can, he can do whatever he wants to me. That is not true. That is not true. We were talking even in, uh, I had a minister's group that we used to get together. And in this group, we would talk about how much power we think the devil has. And some of them thought that there was actually, you didn't have a lot of control over what the devil did to you. I'm telling you, you have every amount of control. You draw near to God, you resist the devil, guess what happens? He has no power over you. You draw near to God, he draws near to you. That's how it works. It's a very simple concept. But sometimes we don't live like this. Sometimes we don't live it out in our lives. A lot of times we go through life thinking, oh, woe is me. The dark cloud's always going to get me. My dad was like this. He, used to, he's a, he was a Christian, but he often had this idea of, oh, woe is me. The devil's got it out for me, and he's always going to have control of, of what happens around me. This is not true. This is a lie, and we have to live as if, when we draw near to God, we have to believe that and, and we have to understand that when we draw near to him and resist the devil, he, he flees from us. He has no power and control. And I think we get this from maybe cartoons, you know, or maybe uh, that phrase that we always say, the devil made me do it. You ever heard that phrase? <laughs> the devil doesn't make you do anything. Okay. He tempts you. And we're going to talk about what temptation is, is about and how that works. That's in this book as well. But he never makes you do anything. So that's, that's, those are decisions that we make. See how practical this is already? See some of these themes that we're going to be talking about? Uh, James 5, uh, 19 and 20. My brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring him back, 
Remember this, whoever turns a sinner from error of his way saves him from death and covers a multitude of sins. So this is this idea, this idea, this theme that we are responsible for each other. Not only in this area, but it talks about how we should pray for one another. You know the thing that we do in service where I ask you what good things have happened and what bad things have happened? Um, comes straight from the book of James. James chapter 5, I believe, at the end, it talks about how if you are, if you are celebrating something, you should share it with everybody so we should celebrate together. And it talks about if you're sick and you're not doing well, if you're struggling with something, you need to come to the church and we need to come together and we need to pray for one another and support each other in that. That comes straight from... So that the parts of the book of James are woven into the way that we, the way that we have church every Sunday. Uh, so it's a, it's a, it's a huge uh, book that, will, that can really influence us. So in your, in your uh, notes, I think I've included the outline or... Nate, did you include the outline in there as well? So I just want you to go through there real quick. Um, just to have a couple minutes left here. The outline in there, look through that outline and see. I just want to know what, what are some of your things that you might be looking forward to about hearing about and learning. Are there some things that, that are in there that you think, man, I want to learn more about that? Okay. Uh, we're going to talk next week. We're going to jump straight into it about how we live with trials and temptations in our life. Um, he starts right off with a, a really good subject. Uh, we're going to talk about what it means to listen and do. We're going to talk about favoritism. We're going to talk about how faith or belief and works or deeds work. We're going to talk about taming the tongue. Did you know there was two kinds of wisdom? We're going to talk about that. Um, we're going to talk about worldliness and how that affects us. This idea of being quarrelsome or not being able to get along with other people. Uh, spiritual unfaithfulness. In other words, we say we believe in God, but we go and we, we live as if we don't. That's spiritual unfaithfulness. We're going to talk about what pride does to us. We're going to talk about slander. That's an old word. Does anybody know what slander means? About them. Yeah. What were you going Gossip. Slander, gossip. You often hear those two words together. So we're talking about talking about other people in a negative way. Talking about them behind their back. Uh, what kind of damage that can do to the relationships that we have. Boasting. Um, bragging, I guess would be the modern word. Uh, we're going to talk about people who are wealthy who oppress other people through their wealth. And it doesn't have to necessarily be oppressing other people through money, but it could be oppressing other people through your position or through uh, the, the uh, position you have even in your family. Sometimes this happens. Um, and then there, at the end, there's some miscellaneous kind of uh, uh, instructions that he has for us in the way of being patient, how we endure suffering. Uh, oaths. Oaths is an old word meaning... Uh, promise. When you make a promise to do something, uh, how important is it to follow through and, and what, what effect that has on, on people when you don't. We're, and it talks about praying, as I said at the end, and it talks about those who fall away, those people who fall away. How do we deal with people who are once connected to the community and connected to God, but yet now they're, they're falling away and they're not 
they're not as connected. How do we handle that? Do we just ignore it or do we do something about it? So the book of James has a lot to talk about, a lot of different topics. So I think we're going to have fun with it. Is there anything that popped out at you that you're thinking, oh, I want to learn more about that? Any of those? Yeah, you're shaking your head. What do you think? Taming the tongue, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anybody else have anything that they want to, they're looking forward to specifically? No? Thank you, Allison, for being brave and sharing. <laughs> Yep, temptations and trials are a big one. Uh, there's actually a big section of James that talks about that. Why do you think James would be talking about that to these people who were early Christians? Right, because they were being persecuted. A lot of bad things were happening in their life. And so he wants to address that and help them to see it maybe differently than what they're seeing it. So I think that's a, a really a really good one. Anybody else have anything in there that pops out? They think, oh, I want to learn more about that. Patience. Yep. Anybody else? Wisdom. The types of wisdom. Yep. That's good. Listening and doing. That's a fun, that's a very fun section. Talks about that. He gives us a really cool story about that. Or illustration, like kind of a, a way for us to picture that. So it's good. Good that you're maybe looking forward to this. That's what we want. We want you to kind of be looking forward to the different things that we're going to be talking about. Um, I would encourage you. Um, James is five, only five chapters long. It's very short. And so I would encourage you to take five days out of each week and just read one chapter a day. And if you do that every week um, until we're finished this series, you will know uh, James very, very well. And you'll be able to, to uh, I think God will use that to be able to help you learn some of the concepts that we're, we're thinking about. So, and that's all, that's all your homework is going to be, basically. Every week... You just need to read all five chapters. Now, if you want to divvy it up one per every five, one one chapter every five days, that's great. You know, one chapter for five days in a row. So you can do that on your reading plan. Um, you can. Uh, I don't know if any of you are using. I know some of you are re reading the the Bible through your reading app, through the Bible app. But you can actually make your own reading plan. Uh, you don't have to use one of theirs. If you want to go in and say, I want to read this book every week it will divide it up for you and you can you can make sure you're reading it every week so yep right right nice Yeah. Yeah, that's good. The U version does that as well. I don't know who does that. I don't know who reads it, but you can, uh, you can have somebody read it to you.
this so. is the best voice. Yeah, his the U version voice like, isn't it's like as good. <laughs> it is. So yeah, if you want to do audio uh, Bible, that's great. If you want to read it through, that's great. Um, we are going to have sheets uh, starting next week. We're going to have some sheets up here. Those Bible study sheets I talked to you about a few weeks ago. So we'll have those up there if you want to grab those uh, right before the sermon time and uh, you know start scratching things out. If you're not a, a typer on the phone and you'd rather kind of write those things out, uh, we'll give you some paper and a guide to do that with um, so that we can go through it. I'm excited. Uh, we haven't gone through a book, a whole book, uh, for a while now, so I'm kind of excited about what that's going to look like. Um, I think if you're committed to, to being here most every week, you're going to really get a lot out of uh, out of what James is talking about. It's very, like I said, very practical, uh, very relevant. One of the things we put on our cards um, that identify our church from other churches is that we want our teaching to be relevant. We want you to go home and be able to put it into practice, and it, and it will change the way that you live and change the way that you think. Um, if we're not doing that on a weekly basis, then we're failing. And James is going to be a really good uh, opportunity for us to do that. So hope you'll enjoy it.